Let us pray. Dear God, may the reading of these words be satisfactory to you, and may the hearing of these words by your children bring you much joy. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I will be reading from Psalm 145, verses 1 through 9. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall loud your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. The word of our Lord. Our New Testament reading comes from us from 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith." Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive human testimony... The testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there is an old adage, a person is only as good as their word. And that's been lurking around in my head over these last few days. We have been reminded over the last few weeks that words matter. 
words are important. Another adage I can share with you that if you listen, if you really listen to someone who is praying or someone who's talking, they will speak their theology. Now let me define theology for you. Theology is how we talk about God, how we explain to one another who God is for us and how we perceive God. So that is why it's really important to listen. If we will actually take some time to listen to one another and not rush to our next brilliant point, we might learn something yet undiscovered. We might learn something about the speaker's true intent, something about that person's inner value system, Eugene Peterson, a Presbyterian pastor and writer who wrote The Message, a paraphrase of the Bible using modern language, is one of my favorite writers. And I read something recently that he said that touched me so much that I added it to the subscript of my Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church emails. Peterson said that the Holy Spirit's literary genre of choice is story. So if we want to hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit, we need to stop talking so much and listen. We need to listen to each other's stories, both as a people and as a church. And I mean really listen, what experts call active listening. Active listening means, as, it names, as, it, as the name implies, is active, that it is fully concentrating on what is being said rather than the opposite, which is passive listening, which is just letting the message or the speaker flow by. Active listening involves listening with all of your senses. Unfortunately, listening and listening well is a lost art for many. It's really not our fault. I mean, we're bombarded relentlessly by information. It comes at us 24-7, 365. How can we possibly listen? It takes effort to listen. But it is an effort worthy of your time. The writer of 1 John wants us to listen. He wants us to listen to God's testimony, God's story about God's relationship with God's created. In the verses I just read in 6 through 12, the word testimony or testify is used nine times. In John's gospel and the three letters that John writes or his disciples write, the word testify or testimony is used over 40 times. That's far more than all of the New Testament combined. So why does John so desperately want us to listen to God's story, to hear God's testimony? Well, I think we have to think about John for a little bit, John's place in history. John, like all of us, is a Jesus follower. 
swept up in the first-hand witness to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. Most scholars would date John's writings kind of at the end of many of the New Testament writings. So John is reflecting back over these collective stories of Jesus' life and his followers, wondering if that next generation will pick up and finish the race. John is writing, I think there are three important things to think about as you think about John's writing and what was maybe motivated behind his writings and the words that he chose. One, like I said, he's kind of at the tail end. He's one of the last living survivors, and he wants to share Jesus' ministry from a personal experience. Second, he wants to set the record straight and correct any false teachings that may have cropped up after Jesus was crucified. And thirdly, and most importantly, he wants to encourage the faithful, encourage the next generation to pick up this story of God and keep it going. The last three verses I read today, to me, are the summation of that testimony that John so desperately wants us to hear. And this is the testimony God gave us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. That is the testimony that John wants us to hear and to hold dear in our hearts. But it makes me wonder as I ask the children, what is our testimony? What is our story? Well, our stories begin usually with the testimony of our families, family stories. I grew up in a small town in Arkansas, and for at least the first 20 years of my life, I was identified as the grandson of Roy T. and Christina Edwards, or the son of R.T. and Toadie Edwards. I'm not sure that my name really mattered that much. What matters was my family's testimony to that community. And that testimony was projected onto me. Now, sometimes that testimony is helpful, and sometimes it's not. But no matter the reality, how we live our lives, how we speak our theology, How we practice our faith is our testimony. Our stories define us. They are our testimony to the world. The definition of testimony is a solemn declaration usually made orally. It's a first-hand authentication of a fact. As Christians, our testimony should be rooted in the story that God is weaving through Scripture. We have the Old Testament that tells us the story of Adam and Eve, Noah and the ark and the rainbow, David and Solomon, wisdom and folly, and the prophets. And we have the New Testament, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and the witnesses and the acts of the apostles that surrounded Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. The testimony is that God, through Jesus Christ, gives us eternal life. 
God made his own public testimony at Jesus' baptism. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Our personal testimony should tell that ultimate truth. That our faith is in the one who is Jesus Christ. The testimony of Scripture, the testimony for our community is that He is to live in us. His love is to abide and be made complete in us. We are to live in Him. So how are we to testify to this truth? How are we as a church and as individual groups within a broader community testifying to that truth? What does Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church testify to its faith in this community and around the world? We label ourselves a missional church, but whose mission are we on? Are we on a mission to glorify God through our work and our words? Or are we falling into that age-old trap that humanity usually finds itself in of glorifying ourselves? and our own accomplishments. I've always felt that when we align ourselves with God's mission, we can't help but express our faith in word and deed, publicly. Last Saturday, I had an opportunity to sit in on the board of directors meeting for one of our mission partners, Haiti Outreach Ministries. Pastor Leon and the HOM leadership team have been here to Mount Pleasant, and Pastor Leon who is, is spoke here, and he is the founder of HOM. He founded HOM in the 1980s in the poorest neighborhood, in the poorest city, in the poorest country, in the Western Hemisphere. And that's still true today of Haiti. On that board call, Pastor Leon said about the ongoing work that our church has participated in in Haiti, and I think it's, it was a, a fantastic statement that can apply to us today. Pastor Leon said, God is at work, and we can show the world God's work by our work. God is at work, and we can show the world God's work by our work. HOM is showing even in a broken and struggling country like Haiti, God is mightily at work, and that work is visible and spoken by many. So what is your testimony? What does your life story testify to? What do your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your family members know about your testimony? How do your stories, your conversations, your emails, your Facebook posts, your posts on Twitter, your pictures on Instagram, and dare I add TikTok? What do these things say about your testimony to God and God's work and mission in the world? John, the gospel writer, and his followers left us with a parting gift, a parting gift filled with hope and love and redemption. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Let's work on our stories. Let's work on our testimonies. Let's find places where God is at work and go there. Let's stop looking at the speck in our neighbor's eye and ignoring the log in our own. 
let's spend a lot of time listening. Listening to God. Listening to one another. And sharing our stories. A story that this church has been telling for over 300 years. It's a story that's not nearly complete. It's a story with many chapters yet to be written. How will your story be a part of God's story here in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina and around the world? Let's tell our stories and let's listen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.